everyone. We are the Bermuda Triangle, coming at you with weekly doses of podcasts nobody really asked for, except Joe. Today we're back discussing a much debated topic, Ixon. Will they? Won't they? Once again, I'm one of your co-hosts, Sam, and today I'm joined by Kim <laughs> and and Nara. This time, I think we're not as unasked for as we were before. Uh, we got quite a lot of feedback on our first episode. A lot of it we weren't we weren't really expecting. Just um, how much you all liked it, and how much it was, how widespread it became, and how much it was shared by all of you. We're so thankful from the bottom of our hearts for how much love you gave us, and how much, uh, and how much you know we've also how many messages we've gotten back, uh, quote tweets and messages about how much you're looking forward to the second episode. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we definitely didn't expect you guys to not only love this podcast but want more of us rambling about <laughs> literally nothing in particular well we, it was it was about Iksung, but we were so like off trap uh, off topic all the time and getting distracted uh, and y'all actually like that so y'all asked for it so we're back you guys have anything to add uh to that um probably a special shout out to mandu because she has been anticipating our second episode since Sunday. Um, an actual Bermuda Triangle Twitter account actually quoted her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the funniest reactions we got were from uh, at Twitter, a Twitter user, uh, Hilary. She was like, the irony how we're called the Bermuda Triangle when Bermuda Triangle is that place um, <sighs> where all the ships disappear. So is that, are we like foreshadowing something? And I just yes. found that so then- funny. Max was like, how can us, being the backbones of the Iksang nation, be the ones to actually <laughs> want that to happen? <laughs> that was funny, honestly. Yeah, you know, in our defense, we were going to change it because we were like, we don't want to cause another angst storm. I don't know, our fandom just seems really <laughs> on edge. So things like these are enough to tip us all over. So we were actually considering changing um, our name. But then I was like, okay, we're not actually scared of Iksang not being endgame right like just because or like i'm not a very superstitious person anyway so i was just like let's just keep it because it's gonna be so ironic it's just funny i think we're just very confident in ourselves like we're so confident that it's gonna be endgame that we wanna we'll like take the risk the risk quotation marks of being called bermuda triangle (laughs) besides it's kind of witty don't you think it is witty yeah yeah it's so witty yeah it's like reverse psychology let's keep it (laughs) let's keep it let's keep it so bermuda triangle we will be called from here on yes (laughs) as we did in the last episode we will be discussing one they won't point followed by a they will point because uh you know let's get the pain over with first before we bring on the pleasure and the sweetness and a lot of the points today are pretty painful i'd say so it's it's better to you know discuss those first before we the, before we go to the good stuff. Today we'll be doing a different format than what we did last time because we got a lot of responses on our Google form and through email. Once again, thank you so much for you know getting back to us with your ideas. It was a lot of fun reading all your ideas, the good and the bad. Yeah, and we just can't wait to share what everyone else has said with the rest of you guys. A lot of the stuff that you guys said, we've grouped them into like common themes uh, because a lot of us 
have said things along the same line. So we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about a general, like common point and then read out what each person said about that specific point. So today, the first point that we'll be discussing about why Iksong won't be endgame is that Songhua values their friendship way too much to not want to change or like, you know, bring love into the equation. And also she doesn't want to change like the general dynamic of both her own friendship with Ikjun and also the, fr- the dynamic of their friend group, which is possible it might be altered if, you know, you have a couple within uh, this tight friend group of five friends. <laughs> it's, a pay- it's, a- it's something that actually, this is a point. So the last point uh, that we discussed last week of, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe she's, maybe Isong was quiet because she doesn't know how to reject him or she doesn't know, like, how to respond. That wasn't a personal point of mine. Uh, that was more like Megan Kim uh, thought of that. But this week's is something that Kim has brought up. It is something that also I have brought up. So this is something that I have, like, contemplated, like, very strongly as well. Mm-hmm. So mm, this one hurts my heart because it's something that I thought of as well. I feel like out of all the reasons why they won't end up together, this seems like the one that's the most possible. Yeah. And also the most logical and realistic in a way. Yeah, it's very in line with what we know of Songwa so far. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now that I think about it, it is also probably the most plausible because it, it should be obvious, right, from the way she acts that she does have she does have some feelings for him or that she regards him somewhat differently from the other boys. But is it love yet? We don't know. And even if it is, I think it's really going to take a whole lot from Songhua to um, want to change the status quo. Like what she said to Sokyung in episode 11, was it? Then just don't do anything. I think it perfectly encapsulates state of mind right now that's a very good point that's a very good point the the fact that nara brought up episode 11 and that (laughs) from her It hurts my soul, but <laughs> gotta persevere. <laughs> gotta persevere. <laughs> gotta persevere. Now, I also think that uh, this is one of the most common points shared by those who do not ship them as a couple. They mm-hmm. feel like, you know, the friends to lovers trope sometimes um, is quite risky to take and that Iksong might just be better off as friends. I think, I think that's one of the most common reasons that I've seen people who do not ship them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think uh, I was reading from another person, like another person on the HP fandom, in, in the HP fandom mentioned this, how the rapport that they have right now, like they've been friends for 20 years. If it didn't happen, if it hasn't happened all this time, it's not going to happen this time. <laughs> but it like makes me cry, you know, like my heart just hurts. When I when I read stuff like that, it, it, it like it hurts because of how much I support this ship. But it's also realistic and it's possible. And I think a lot of people but, um, speak from personal experience when they say this, which I don't yeah, necessarily yeah, think yeah, is yeah. a good. I don't know. It's always a good idea to. Pro- it's always a good idea to like back stuff with your own personal experience because yeah, you know, it's it's important to be realistic and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a drama, and I don't know how I feel about people projecting their exactly. own personal experiences. I agree. 
exactly. It can't be too realistic. I mean, it's yeah. still a drama at the end of the day, and a drama okay. is supposed to make you good, not the opposite. Yeah, at the end of the day, you have people who are like stress watching and want their couple to get together. I know, right? <laughs> Even though it might not be 100% realistic, yeah. Okay, so I will read out uh, what one of our dear friends, Zen, I'm gonna go search up her Twitter handle this time because I missed because I messed up Mike's last time, so I'm not gonna make the same mistake. <laughs> okay, yeah. So our one of our dear friends on Twitter, Zinfinitely. So that's Z N Finitely on Twitter. This is what she has said: If, just if, Songwa might just stay in her cocoon of self restrictions, and what if it won't work, and what if I'll lose in fears, then it won't be. I always believe that cliche, it takes two to tango. Hmm. Very deep, Zen. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not completely turned off by this point because it's definitely true. Like last, like last episode, we mentioned how Igjun was uh, going, like di- diving headfirst, going all into it. He was pursuing her uh, with no stops. He was like going all the way. And even though he was all in, it's still not enough. Like Zen said, it takes two to tango. So unless Sangwa exactly reciprocates or at least like does something, Kim Zuli put her head down because in despair. So unless Sangwa does something to reciprocate, reciprocate, nothing will move forward because a relationship has to be two-sided. Uh, yeah, I think it's really up to Sangwa at this point, whether or not she wants to take that step, whether or not she wants to act on her feelings. Because I think it's pretty obvious that she has. But who knows? At the end of the day, it all boils down to whether or not she wants to take that risk. Whether or not she wants to take that leap of faith with him. Because I think it's a common fear that, you know, best friends have among each other. Is that if you lose the person you're so dependent on, then what would that be? I mean, how would she be able to react like that in the future? Because, you know, he's someone that she cares for a lot. And if they somehow do not work out as a couple, she may lose him forever. And I think yeah, that's completely. Mm, pretty much a very logical stance to make. Because to her, he's like her world. And mm-hmm. if she loses him, that's like losing her world. And, you know, the pain that she would have to suffer in the future may not be what she wants. So she may just stick to her comfort zone and not pursue that sort of relationship with him i did not just say that <laughs> kim how could you kim not using <laughs> chase Su- Hyun's. Not chase Su- Hyun's. Like, i'm going to write sunshine <laughs> you just like spilled milk all over your sunshine collection oh god <laughs> yeah i think and a lot of people might also hate me for saying this when you're 40 and you're so well adjusted in your like your routine and your relationships i like that's one of the that's one of the things about growing old right like you don't like a lot of change in your life whereas when you're 20 meeting new people forming new relationships making new friends it comes a lot more easier because you have a lot more time and a lot more energy to expend in general but when you're at 40 and like you're really well settled uh, in your own zone it, you're much more averse to bringing these major changes into your life. And this is a really big change, even for someone who's young, just like disrupting uh, the stable dynamic of a 20-year friendship and just like 
taking this really comfortable and effortless relationship to something more and something that's more fragile in a sense it's arguable that like a romantic relationship while it's more intense is a lot more fragile than like comfortable a comfortable friendship sometimes i put myself in the in the shoes of songwa and i'm a very like practical and rational person sometimes someone who like doesn't like wasting her time and i from her perspective i'll think about it and i'll and i'll be like i mean it's not like i it's not like i crave romantic love right it's not like i'm dying without romantic love so when i think about maybe turning a friend of 20 years into a romantic partner sometimes i'll just be like is there a need like do i really need to like like we will we'll be doing the same things anyway not the same things that <laughs> not, the, not the same things <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will refrain from going there <laughs> yeah we don't we don't need to it's night here It's night here, night time. Yeah, it's approaching his hours very soon. <laughs> oh my god. We don't need to go. Let's keep it PG. Let's keep it PG. Let's keep it PG. We have three fanfic writers in the room right now. I don't think we need to elaborate more on. <laughs> oh my god. I sort of got I was so sure we were going to like reach the stage on a podcast like while we were recording a podcast, but we've done it. Uh, we had this conversation after we stopped recording last time but this time we actually just ended up having this conversation <laughs> while recording i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's totally my fault <laughs> no i think full response one let's move on yeah let's move on thing is now sam okay so it's well established i was in the wrong well let's not all the same things with still um my mate the point that i was trying to make is that at 40 making this huge change uh like just just disrupt disrupting the comfortable dynamics that you have going on uh mm-hmm. can be a bit of a bother something that Shin PD even mentioned was that you know when you're at 20 like you're more likely to act on these fiery passionate feelings of love whereas at 40 like you got to go to work man like yeah you love someone <laughs> but you're not going to like you know chase after the train and stuff like that yeah that's true exactly I feel like people are going to hate us after after we say this. Like this is a very painful point. Yeah, definitely spiraling again after our podcast today. You know what? I thought last podcast episode was pretty positive. Like even even during they won't, we went off this really positive tangent. We were talking about why Yes. <laughs> like I talked about how like Songkwa would have rejected him straight away because she's really cool like that. Like I don't know, I feel like it was even though we were talking about negative things, we were very positive throughout the episode. And then I go on Twitter and everyone's smiling and I'm like, "What? Why? I thought we were really good." But it was really fun to see. There's no lie. Oh yeah, yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah, it was really fun to see. I mean, I went to sleep after releasing the episode because it was like 2 a.m. or something here. But yeah, when I woke up in the morning, it was it was very funny. Oh, everyone, everywhere. Yeah, it was chaos. <laughs> was spiraling. Sam's point. I I would just like to add on something. in the sense that as someone who is prone to mundane and routine things every day mm-hmm. when i mean putting myself in songha's shoes i don't think i would want to you know change such a huge aspect of my life as well exactly <laughs> especially how she's you know independent enough to go on without having a partner mm-hmm. and i think that one of the is definitely one of the factors that we can consider in the sense that if she were to take the lead it would definitely change a huge aspect of her life mm-hmm. and she may not be ready 
or she may not want to do that because she's already comfortable with how she is at the moment. I agree, 100%. Getting into a relationship is like a lot of work. Being single is so chill. Like you only have yourself to think about. Um, You have so much time for yourself. When you're in a relationship, it's just a completely different, it's never just yourself anymore. Even when you're like by yourself, it's never just yourself anymore. Exactly. But you know what? I actually have a point to counter that, which is a positive one. Yeah, go, go for it, yeah. Yeah, in a sense that, you know, look at me trying to redeem myself after that. <laughs> now, so in a sense that throughout the 12 episodes that we've seen, especially after Ijun's divorce, basically we've seen how they have been spending more time together and all that. And it seems very perfectly in tune with how Song Hwa's life is at the moment. Mm. Like, even if they decide to pursue that relationship, we have to remember that at the end of the day, it's just another label. Mm-hmm. And that not much would change between them. And I believe that in some ways or another, Songha will be able to adapt to that. And will be, we'll be able to adjust accordingly to how you know, her situation would be with Ikjun. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one positive thing to note from this very sad point. <laughs> I 100% agree with Kim. Uh, I was going to say that the only way for this relationship to successfully work out, <laughs> that sounds so ominous, there are many ways for this relationship to work out. But... I think one of the most important things is that at this stage, it has to be it has to be a situation where neither party is changing too much. There won't, like Kim said, right? Like it's he fits really he already fits really well into the current life she lives, and he, and she fits really well into his, which is why this relationship will work out because there's not much to change. So in a sense, like that's the rebuttal, right? Like this relationship is already nothing much will change. So like that argument about their dynamic changing won't pose as much of an issue um, Mm. as we all think down the road, hopefully. At the end of the day, the one that poses much threat to our, you know, beloved couple is still that point where she doesn't want to risk losing June. (laughs) I I, I still feel it's that point, honestly. Yeah. 20 years of friendship between them is something that is very heavy on her Mm. shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, she has, he has such an important place in her life especially in recent like I feel like she's the only person she like wholeheartedly leans on because mm-hmm. she yeah. always she always feels like a person who gives and who supports and who advises but she's never um, had to do that for him instead she takes she takes from him instead of giving and mm-hmm. that, that's the only person who who's like that for her yeah I agree I agree yeah they're very I- balanced in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. They give and take in equal amounts. Yeah. That, that's so beautiful, guys. I know. <laughs> Just right. Like, thinking about it, it makes my heart. It and do, my do, heart. You guys remember, do you guys remember during this Sujb scene, like she was sharing about her father's journey? Yeah, her family. Yeah. So that we, we rarely see her open up about her family, mm-hmm. but she does that very naturally with Hikjun. So I guess that should account for something, I believe, strongly. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's very important to find someone who lets you, let, let your guard down. Everybody has wants and everybody has their own needs. But like someone who's in, always in a caregiving position like Sangha probably feels like she can't demand that all the time because she's the giver. And so like, in the, for example, when she's talking to Jungwon or when she's talking to her residents, when she's talking to Sokyong and she's giving advice and she's supporting them, 
Um, Most often she finds herself in a position where she can't, even though she might need something, she won't ask for it. I think she's very well, like she's well adjusted enough and she has like an, she has all these like different outlets where she doesn't, like she finds herself like not needing support all the time. But like there are still times probably she needs support. Um, But since she's always like giving to these people, she can't demand from them because I guess because of the dynamic that they've established. I think all these people come to her for advice. It's gotten to a point where like she can't ask them, you know, I don't know if you guys have been in that position as friends, you know, where like you're always the person giving advice and you don't feel comfortable asking them back for advice. With some friends, you can do that. Exactly. So it's like you're the emotional dumpster for everyone. You can't dump your emotion on anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Those people, I mean, I mean, those those people. Yeah. She finds it in Ikjun. So Ikjun is her place. I don't want to. I don't want to call an emotional person. dumpster. That sounds so bad. But yeah, yeah, Ikjun is her person. She's person. Oh. So that's harder for her to reach get thirty years. Really. <laughs> Stop it, Kim. <laughs> We're getting positive here. Speaking of, uh, we can go to our next point, which oh, which literally hit me in I the heart. It. it literally pierced my soul, and this is by our one and only Lala. Uh, no. at Twitter user at Songkhaya. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, we mentioned her. We mentioned her last time for just being angsty on the TL in general, and her point just, you know, cements her reputation. Amazing! <laughs> it's wonderful. You know, even even for the positive point, it doesn't sound very bright. <laughs> you know, she opens with, "I'm holding on to the way Songkhaya looks and smiles." Slash laughs to Ikjun, and that's it. <laughs> I'm holding on to the way. You know what's funny? Like you know it's the only, it's the only thing that keeps her alive, man. You know what's funny? So okay, so I'll just read it out right now. But like that, she uses that same point in they woke. So, okay, I'll just read it. I'll read what she said, and like I'm just like, girl, why are you doing this to me? Sometimes I couldn't help but put myself in Sangwa's shoes, and questions start to pop up. Of course, these are only based on what I've been shown, and I'm not Sangwa, so some of them might not even have valid points. But, do I love him now? And if I do, am I willing to go through this again? What for? We've been doing well so far. Do I want to take the risk? With all those thoughts, if I were her, will I say yes? Probably no. She could overcome her feelings back then. She probably will do it again now. And Ikjun should just respect her decision. Ikjun will just respect her decision. That is, if she does love him again. There is still a possibility that she indeed has fully moved on. Those loving eyes and smiles? Probably just us seeing what we want to believe. And Chase Sangwa is an angel anyway. Lala, if you are hearing us right now, please know that last week when we called you out as one of the angstiest ex-songers, that it's completely valid. <laughs> you should not even bother That's precisely asking. why. <laughs> So the first part was stuff that we already mentioned, right? Like, oh, yes, is Songo will think, will she want to take the risk? And the last part where she's like, all the loving eyes and smiles, it's probably just being, it's probably just us, like, seeing what we want to believe. Oh, my God. I literally, I can't. It, I feel like crying right now. The part where she's like, she's a nice person anyway, that's why it's just Songo being Songo. Like, Lala, why? Why do you have to hurt us like this? Our point for Zay Will today is that she's always like smiling around him and then Lala goes and says yeah but she's she's just a nice person she's smiling around yeah, everyone she's just an angel <laughs> I mean like Lala come on no one is that nice 
please. You you can't fake being genuinely happy towards someone. That's all I would say. Yeah, and you also can't fake intentional camera angles by the camera team. We're going to Shinli's technical. <laughs> yeah, now we're going to get the technical details, which uh, is a point for another episode. But yeah, like, I mean, the fact that, yeah, she's a nice person overall. And we can see that with the way she deals with everyone. Like, yeah, she smiles sweetly at everyone, even people, even after rejecting someone. Like, I'm pretty, like, she's, she smiled sweetly at Chihong too on many, on many occasions, I think. So yeah, I mean, I, I get your point, Lala. It's, it's a valid point. Um, you know, the fact that she's smiley doesn't necessarily mean she might like him. <laughs> Deep sighs. <sighs> but I think they're, I think her smiles for Ijun are special and we're made to think that they're special. But yeah, uh, we can go with her first point. You think they've been doing well so far and they shouldn't change anything? Of course not. There should be more. There should be more, yeah. There should be more happiness in being more. And they can give each other that happiness. The thing that, you know, bothers me is that, I mean, of course, at the moment, she's comfortable with what she has and she's happy with how things are. But if there's a chance for an even higher level of happiness, shouldn't she take it? Like, you, you have the chance to be eternally happy with someone that you genuinely love. So, like, yeah, she should take that chance I feel but is it eternal though <laughs> yes Nara it's eternal <laughs> don't try to argue with me on that <laughs> sorry I just snapped <laughs> okay okay I won't even counter okay I'm scared I'm scared of Kim <laughs> don't, mess, don't mess with Kim when she gets yes. no I'm generally tame don't worry <laughs> okay we'll trust you on that it was majorly Zen and Lala who um, said that Songwa might not want to change their dynamic, which is why she, which is why they might not end up together. As well as me and Kim, we had these points as well. So Dove actually, who sent in a voice note, very lovely voice note. Um, she was a very strong advocate for why it might not be season why it might not be right away so we'll have to we'll have to see until season three to see them get together which uh, i think all of us agree here like we said last episode there's a lot to work through i think nara our dear nara over here said that she doesn't want them to end up together in season two because that just means that's true that just means that there are more problems coming down the road because hey let's be honest like what couple ends up together that soon Looking back at Songhwa's reaction to Ikjun's confession, I think she was thinking like about a lot of things. I personally feel that you know Songhwa still has those feelings for Ikjun, just like you know, like they were in their twenties. But now that they're forty, there's like a lot of thing that a lot of things that they need to think about, and that is why I think for them to end up in season three would make sense because they would probably need one season to figure out what they want to do oh no no i mean like what he means they probably need this one season to think about what is it that they want how are they going to get there um what are the other factors so and any blockers right pretty sure the reason why winter garden ended up in season one is because we'll see how the relationship changes possible angst thrown their way in coming episodes which like a lot of Winter Garden stands are like already onto it like the number of angst scenarios I see on the TL I'm like you guys they just got together like chill <laughs> but everyone's already on it 
so we already know that when a cousin, when a, when a cousin, when a couple gets together in the earlier seasons, there are problems to come. So yeah, hopefully that will happen with Iksong because they've already taken 20 freaking years to get there. So hopefully it'll be a smooth sailing ride after it happens. That's exactly my point when I said that I don't want them to get together that quickly because there are a lot to work through. They have a lot of baggage and we just I just want to see Songha works through it because we already see Ikjun like coming to terms with her feelings, but I want to see Songha, Songha's part. Yeah. And I think that will happen in season two. You know, I really, just in general, I want to see more of Songha's point of view. Just in general. Just please give me more Songwa. I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah. She's always so composed, always so put together. I want her to unravel a bit. Exactly. It's why a lot of people are so conflicted because she's so, she's been really hard to figure out because of the fact that her point of view has been so clouded. Like her inner thoughts have been largely shielded from the general public. And so not even like just not even like regarding her feelings for Igjun, but like in general, like her point of view, what she thought of the past, her feelings of the past, her feelings of the present, her feelings of the future. Like, I just want to know what you're thinking, girl. I want to know. I want to know about you. You're my favorite. You're like my favorite character. Like, I want to know. And it's also about seeing Jun Mido exercise that wide range. We all know yeah, she the has. wide range she has. Exactly. Like, let's see her in all those raw emotions that we've seen her in, you know, in her musicals and stuff like that. Like, I just want to see, like, the, I want to get the full Jun Mido experience. I believe you'll be able to get that next season. I'm quite sure that Shin Lee has have already planned that for us. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's about time we get Song Hwa's point of view. Yeah, it's a long time coming. So I think this is a good place in time to move on to our They Will point. So let, let us put the pain behind us and move forward to greener pastures. Why we think Iksong will be endgame is the way she acts around him all the time. Uh, and this is uh, especially the fact that she's more touchy with him and she has these eyes of admiration uh, around him. So yeah, she might have had feelings in the past, but she still has feelings in the present as well, which is why they will be endgame. Because this love is two-sided and reciprocated on both ends. The person who sent this in, her name is Talita. On the Twitter, she's known as at Eisnevep. So that is E-I-S-N-E-V-E-P. So I'm just going to read out what she said. I'm 100% sure that Igjun is her first love. I have zero doubts about that since that flashback scene when she stares at him playing canon in episode 4. They weren't even my ship back then but I was completely sure about that and I was genuinely confused when I found out that there are people creating theories because they didn't, they didn't know yet. I thought she had a one-sided love until I watched episode 6. It isn't enough to know how she felt two decades ago. How she feels now is the most important thing, right? Adrian's point of view is clear as crystal, but Sungwa's POV is a bit clouded. We never know what she is thinking, but can we say that she, in the present moment, doesn't have feelings for him? I won't point at any scene or moment in particular, but just look at her smiles, at the way she acts around him, how they interact and talk to each other. I mean, her relationship with Igjun is especially different from her relationships with the other boys. There is just something more, and it is not only on Igjun's side. We have another friend of ours, Icy, who is user Songhua's Rain, and she says, Is it romantic? We don't know. 
But we are 100% sure of Songwa's admiration for Igjun, even up to the present. One look at Igjun in episode 1, and she knew she could trust him with the operation, enough to vouch for him. Same sense with, you only need Igjun, regarding Sokyung's band. I love his jokes. <laughs> and it's Igjun, right? Regarding the one pulling in money for uh, daddy long legs. But my favorite manifestation of this is Songwa bouncing off the New York Science team's questions to Igjun. While people think she doesn't give herself a break, she thinks Igjun is a lot more selfless, asking, Igjun, what do you do for yourself? She's significantly more touchy with Igjun. Most of them are hitting him in jest, but it happened too often to not be significant. Songwa has looked at Igjun again for far too many times, especially during band scenes, for it not to be significant. And, um, that sweet, sweet smile is enough, methinks. And then there's Lala. I'm holding on to the way Iksan looks and smiles slash laughs uh, to Ikjun. There are something, there's something different, especially her eyes. Like, you can feel that she sees this person differently. I believe most of the time, she didn't even realize that. It just happened naturally, because deep down her heart knows that she loves him. In fact, I'm pretty sure Sungwa herself didn't realize she's falling for him again. And her voice tone when she cares about him too, like the Araso in episode 1. And during the breakfast scene, they're just different, softer, and feels like you can talk to your loved ones. Aww, that's actually a really Aww. nice point. Okay, I think I kind of forgive you, Lala. Yeah, you redeem yourself with that point. I find the point she said, Sangwa herself didn't realize she's been falling for him again. It's, very, it's a very romantic point, I think, just like falling for someone and you don't even know what's happening again. But I think yeah. she's but I think she's cognizant of that. I don't think she's ever I don't think she's ever stopped loving him. Definitely agree on that. I can guarantee you 100% that if you're not comfortable with that person or if you don't like him enough, you wouldn't even want to go near him or even touch him <laughs> if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. So like even though most of the time yeah, contact physical contact with each other is just her hitting him. But in a way, I think that it should account for something since she doesn't do the same for the rest of the boys. I mean, of course, whether or not it's romantic or not, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like there's, a, there's something special between them that she doesn't have with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Exactly. She's a lot more lax and free with her emotions whenever she was with him. Uh, whether it be like hitting him or speaking in soft tones, it's just it's different. She's more in tune with her emotions when she's with him. And especially in later episodes, as opposed to the first few, when he was still married. And her behavior changes almost instantly in episode four, and it continues to get warmer and softer throughout. I think it should, it should account for something. I see made a good point about the parallel... Uh, scenes between when her team asked her if she's doing anything for herself and then they said that she isn't someone who is materialistic and then she goes on to ask the same thing to Ikjun knowing, <gasps> knowing that you know he is always the type of person that gives more than he takes and she's actually concerned enough to know what he's doing you know a, the treat that he's giving himself lately because I feel like in some ways she was quite worried for him in a sense like yeah. since he's someone who is always giving and someone who has his heart on his sleeves what is he doing for himself and that was why it led to her asking that question and I, I also uh 
the morning scene where uh, she brought him coffee, the one where they met on the basement, and uh, she he asked her to park his bike. Does he? Ik Jun was present when they asked Songhua what she's doing for herself. Like, what's she gonna do if she took a year off or something? And then yeah. they asked Ik Jun too, right? In that moment, Ik Jun didn't exactly know what he wants. And I think Songhua took notice on that. Because at that moment, Ik Jun just said, oh, he was just thinking about it. He never thought about it until that time. Until he was asked about it. 교수님은요? 교수님은 뭐 하실 거예요? 나는... 제가 안 했는데... <웃음> and Songhua noticed that. And that's why she asked. Yeah, and you know what I also found really interesting about that scene? Is that he... He talked about himself as if he didn't have a son. Which, it's not to say that he regrets having Uju or like he regrets he um, feels bad you know, he feels resentful about raising Uju on his own. But you could tell that his idea of having a break or his idea of, like, having fun is his old life of where he would be, like, a party boy, like, stay out in the city all night, going to clubs. I can't like that's essentially what he used to do for himself. But now, mm-hmm. ever since he, uh, ever since he, he became a, a father, child. ever since he has a child, he hasn't been able to do that. So the, I think that fact really stood out to her, and that's why she asked him much later on. Like, so what do you do for yourself? Since obviously you mm-hmm. you don't go clubbing nowadays. Obviously, what do you do yeah. for yourself? Especially since he's exactly. been putting in, especially since he's been putting in all these hours um, at the hospital and stuff. And I feel like whatever free time that he has, he pours pours it on. Uju instead. Mm. I think it really struck her that, like, oh no, uh, my close friend isn't doing anything for himself. Like, what even is he doing for himself? And that was why she asked him that question. Since we're on that point, it's interesting to note that Ik Jun's response is, of course, you know, to have a meal with her and to drink coffee with her. That's the treat that he gives himself. So, like, you can really tell that you can <laughs> I mean like you can really you can really tell how much she means to him because like the one and only time that he's actually doing something for himself, she's involved in that equation. Yes. Exactly. Like it's it's such a it's such a like um subtle and understated moment, but it's so deep. It's so profound. It's so profound. Like, she's his treat. Like, I feel like we've used that, di- like, that dialogue is so overused, uh, just, like, within our fandom. Like, it's, it's become, like, a classic line. But it's always nice to, like, actually go over it again and be like, damn, that's actually so deep. Like, this guy does nothing for himself. He, he lives between the hospital and in between, like, the house and his kid. And the only, like, the only thing he does for himself is spend time with this woman. Like, this woman is literally his best friend. Uh, I cry. Guys, Someone... how can they not be endgame? Yeah, it doesn't make sense, right, if you're not endgame. Because I don't think she leads that evil, are that evil, to not do this for us. To not give Ik Jun the happiness that he deserves. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, like, they occasionally likes to, you know, 
portray and boast themselves as like real like realists as realists and like they want to portray real life but there's that hopeless romantic side to them as well like a lot of the things that they do and once again I'm like dipping into points for other episodes <laughs> we have a tendency to do that um, yeah. more on that later but yeah okay. they're just they're not that evil either like they also like their happy ending and so despite whatever reservation Songwa might have I think that's what I look forward to I look forward to seeing them resolve those um, reservations that she has you know so like she says that she doesn't want to get married she says she wants to be single she says like there are all these like obstacles that they have and they're really good obstacles um that they have i want to see how they i want to see like i actually want to see the progression of Sangwa changing her mind rather than just her like jumping on, onto like the marriage train yes. i was just thinking about how you know the point where um who was it again was it icy who said that the way they look at each other i mean the way she looks at him is different compared to the rest of the boys yeah, it's icy. The one where she she said that from the beginning itself, she already told So Hyun like, you don't need anyone else if you have Ip Jun. Like, mm. Ip Jun is the one that you need. Um, and when when it comes to the Daddy Long Legs program, she immediately knows that it's Ip Jun who is bringing in the most money. Like the trust and the faith that she has on him is something that, at the very least, she did not really you know, show to the other boys. It's mm-hmm. just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my memory, it, it does seem to suggest that she's only like that towards him. Like the perception that she has on Ikjun is someone that is still very much like what you said earlier, Sam, like her admiration for him knows no boundaries, basically. That's, that's very true. Like I, like I said, um, not on the podcast, but I think I've said it, like in my tweets or something, I think I said it on my tweets, but even though um, he got married and even though they never pursued a relationship in those 20 years, um, there's still a lot of love between them. And it's really, it's really like all, it's like very pure and uh, unconditional and like the kind where you don't really expect anything. It's like love for the sake of love. Like just this, like it's, it's, you can tell, like even just the thought of him, like seeing his name gives her happiness. Like, just the thought of him brings her happiness. And Nora's just laughing. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. I'm crying. <laughs> I feel like since we are on that topic, remember how we, we always, you know, on, on Twitter, we, will, we would ask for Songhua's perspective and her point of view. Her point of view and her perspective is very much in her expression in almost mm-hmm. all of the episodes that, you know, she appears in. We, we've always been caught up with the idea of wanting her to expressly say out her point of view or give us a flashback sequence. I think Shin Lee, for season one at least, what they're trying to aim is for us to really understand Songhua's point of view from her expression alone. And I think that tells a lot because we've seen how she is towards Ik Jun from 1999 until 2019. And it's still the same look of admiration that she has. You know, it's like, it's, it's all on her face. The answer towards her question, I mean, her, Ijun's uh, question is basically written on face. I know. I just, I just find it so cute how, like, it hasn't changed. Like, I know it's obviously not the same. It's not the same kind of love, obviously. Like, back when she was 20 and she had that crush on him, like, it's not the kind, it's not the kind of love where she wants to be in a relationship with him. Definitely. But, like, seeing him, seeing him just be like, ah, Ijun, like, you know, like, 
the sense of familiarity and yeah trust. yeah yeah like it just it just feels really nice to see how happy he makes her even without doing anything like he just needs to be igjun needs to be igjun and she'll be like smiling laughing <laughs> she'll be like smiling yes. laughing like in episode three when he's like messing around no he's not even messing around like junan is talking about how he was in high school so this is before the time she even knew him mm-hmm. in episode three when junan is recounting how he used to be in high school and he used to be that social butterfly who's friends with yeah, everyone yeah. and she smiles and she's drinking her coffee and she smiles ah. so like even just you know just anything about him you know finding out how he was in high school looking at him acting up now and then she like slaps him playfully after he like gets up <laughs> it's just so sweet yeah i think kim brought up a really good point in that that her point of view has always been in her expression mm-hmm. and i think that's so beautiful i think that her love for him has always been ingrained in who she was who mm-hmm. she still is yeah it doesn't the love doesn't disappear it just changes and he brings it with her every day until now and i think that's i oh my god <laughs> i love this ship so much <laughs> the thing is the love shared between ikjun and songhua is definitely one that's of maturity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not those type of love that you see in like when they're twenty and it's it's fresh and it's so pure and like you know, teen a teenage sort of love. The the love that they have now is more of them approaching their forties and it's more. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's definitely a more mature type of love. Mm-hmm. The the type where once they are canon, they I don't think that they will break up because. You know, they already have everything, man. Yeah, they only need need each other to complete their lives. Yeah, I they have no everything. They have it. respect. They have trust. They have everything. Yeah, like, it'll take them a long time to get there. But once their main obstacle is not in staying together, is to getting together. Yeah, yes. to get past the twenty years baggage between them. It's mm-hmm. a lot exactly. Of exactly. So I guess you're going to song canon in season 3, episode 12. Oh my god, not episode 12. No, 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 not, not episode 12, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. One. One. I just want to manifest that. <laughs> or at least 11. <laughs> oh my god, no. We are not at anywhere near the last half of season 3. I, no. No, we need some domestic scene between them. We need domestic, yes, mm-hmm. at least, at least one, at least. Half half a season, at least half a season. Come on, that's what I'm saying. If they can't get feel, together in the last half of season three, that's just no, it's too much. I feel like at the end of season two, we'll be able to get a clear direction of what her answer would be, and mm-hmm. it will probably end with either her telling him her answer, or it will end right before she tells him the answer, depending on how sadistic Shinji are. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh that's my thing. I'm gonna mention this. I'm gonna mention this point before I forget it because I was I was meant to mention this when we were talking about um, Sungwoo's expressions. Mm-hmm. But you can tell everything is very intentional, on at least from like a script point of view. And I know this because of the special episode clips that we've been getting. All mm-hmm. the stuff, all the stuff that they cut out, 
it's such it's to be honest it's not that significant like her smiling um so that so um the first special episode clip where uh they see each other for the first time in the hospital and she smile and she smiles at him and then she waves at wuju i mean that could have been that could have been completely platonic why would you cut that out but the fact that you cut that out means it was meaningful like why would you cut that out yeah like every I've, that's how you know every like minute second is planned intentional yeah machine lead production mm-hmm. like if they had included that scene in the first time i'm sure a lot of people would have been so confused as to why they are not together or you know they would be together until episode four or five yeah I have a question. So you know that, you know that okay. clip of Adrian going Songwaya. Oh the- God! <laughs> Are we really talking about that? No, 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 no. But I have a question. So was that because I didn't, I didn't like look into it. But was that an ad lib? Yes. Okay, yes. it was an ad lib. Okay, okay, never mind. All right, never mind. Okay. You know the fact that that's an ad lib tells me that they knew they knew that this was going to be they thing. totally knew they totally knew oh my god even they totally knew even winter garden knew but uh she didn't she didn't view any yo suck were like oh no we had no idea yeah <laughs> of course uh one of so i know i'm going back to my point on won't they but i forgot to mention this when we were discussing won't they but i one of the things that i said in my notes was songwa likes the predictable she likes stability her one-sided feelings were easy to deal with because she didn't have to do anything about them. So over here, I, so basically what I'm saying is that she has, she, so all this time she felt that she was safe because she didn't have to do anything about the feelings that she had. Like she was just like, she was just loving him from a distance. She was just in this like bubble of, you know, loving him in whatever way, platonic, romantic, but just like loving him. Um, And that was enough for her. She's like, yeah, I'll just like spend my whole, I'll just spend my whole life loving him. Like, at least I'll have him in my life. Um, but then not at all. But then she didn't, but then she didn't expect for it to be returned. Cause like when, when feelings are returned, you have to do something about them. Mm-hmm. Right. You ha- you gotta like take things forward. So I think this is, I think this is a plausible situation, right? Like the reason why, I think that could explain why her face was like pained. She was almost like, oh my God, like, like genuinely <laughs> conflicted over what to do. Yes, because when she knows that he has feelings for her, things gotta change. Things cannot stay the same. And I think she's afraid of that change. Yeah, I just think it's really funny how I think pretty much everyone was like, okay, yeah, Sangwa definitely likes him or had liked him in the past up until episode six. Like everybody was really confident on her feelings and about the fact that it was one-sided. And you know what? We shouldn't doubt that, actually. Like, let's, let's remember how we all felt back in episodes one to six. You know, we were also confident that this girl, like, he was probably her first love and she probably still has some feelings for him. Um, but then all of a sudden that changed because when Igjun revealed his perspective, um, we all started doubting Songwa because I feel like that's when, I don't know, actually, I don't know why we started doubting Songwa. I think, I think at that point, like, her, they kind of, like, toned down her smiles and the way she was all, like, Smiley around him. Mm. Episode eleven. <laughs> uh, yeah, episode. I think episode eleven da- basically dashed everyone's hopes. Yeah, I think it's also mm-hmm. mostly because of her reactions towards his three confessions. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like her expression. I think the <laughs> issue isn't with uh, what she feels for him because, like we said, like in the beginning, like first 
six episodes, we saw how she was around him, like, um, and the special attention that they gave to the way that she looked at him or the way that she smiled around him and she react she reacted to his antics. Like, we saw that. Um, so I don't think there's any doubt on how she, on what she feels for him. I think the main uh, point that should worry us is how she'll deal with it. Either to take the leap of faith or to just leave it as how things are at the moment. There shouldn't be any doubt whether she has feelings or not because she certainly has, Mm -hmm. especially episode nine. I always go back to that episode to reaffirm my faith, but... So what particular scene in episode nine? A lot of it, actually. Like, how many seconds was it? 15 or 15 seconds where they discuss what they're eating for that night band practice. Remember that scene? Like, they walk together in a corridor. Ah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. coil embolization scene. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. yes, right after that. And then he slaps and him, and then she laughs. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh my god, that scene. <laughs> Perfect. That episode was really, I think, yeah, episode 9 and 10, I was in cl- I was on cloud 9. I was like, I can't believe yes. we're getting so much. Ah, Sujebi. Yeah, Sujebi. How can I forget? Yeah, that episode spurred an entire uh, fanfic uh, over here. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also really like how... Um, and I and I and I and I'm really sorry to all the people who shipped uh, who were really on Team Chi Hong, um, but this is so. This is also one of one of our points for they will. But he was set up as a contrast uh, to Igjun in a lot of ways. So they showed how they showed how she reacted when she got um, his umbrella. She was kind of like straight faced, and then when he when then Igjun calls her and he's like, "Yeah, I'm waiting outside. You didn't bring your car, right?" So I'm like, "I'm I'm here to give you a ride home." And like the instant way her face lighted, her face lit up. It was almost like, you're outside there, really? For me? And I'm like, Ikjun, good move. I'm proud of you. That's my boy. Good boy. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> And and do you guys realize how he he borrowed money from Zhang Wan? Basically, like he spent all his money on the sushi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that so much. The fact that he's just hanging around in the hospital, just waiting for her. That's just really. Sweet. I know, right? Yeah, being busy, buddy. Yeah, just this guy was just, her. This guy was just going around and like annoying people. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had something to do though. I think later he had to see some patients or something. I don't remember though. I feel like he yeah, no he didn't no he okay he probably didn't never mind okay my bad I thought I thought he had something to do as well in between them but I think he was just waiting for her. Yeah, yes. I, I I remember the one where he was talking to Gil after that right mm-hmm. about her her so called po- boyfriend that ended up being her brother yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I think was there a conversation between him and Doctor Bong or or, or am yeah. I yeah yeah, yeah they were yes so, yes there were so when when Gil got out the, got out, got out of the car um they were betting on. If that was uh, her boyfriend or not, yeah. So literally, he's just there. Like he doesn't even have to spend his free time in the hospital again, but he's doing that for Songha. So considerate. Yes, and I, I think like after when she receives his call, she just like sort of 
dash towards that direction. She runs. Yeah, she runs. She runs. And like the way she's like, oh, like, okay. And then she puts down the phone, like the smile on her face. I think it says, it speaks a lot. Really. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll be there soon. Kumbang kake. Yeah, kumbang kake. Arasso. Kumbang kake. And you know what I really, you know what I loved? You know, he could have, he could have called her up and, or he could have like sent, sent her a quick message. Like, oh, by the way, like I'm giving you a ride afterwards. Yeah, but he just. But no, he just brings, he just brings up on her. He's just like, yeah, I'm out, I'm outside for you. You know, with your surgery, right? Like, a, like freaking six hours later, he could have just yeah. told her in the beginning, like, okay, whenever you're done, I'm outside. Like, he could have told her beforehand, but he and tells the, her after she's done. Like, you know, like, swooping in uh, yeah. at the moment. Yes, definitely. And I think, like, the words that he used as well, he was like, must you ask? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm gonna okay. cry again. <laughs> okay, Lee, you're, not, you're not her boyfriend nor her husband. You don't have to do that, but okay. <laughs> it's like he's cementing the fact that he'll always be there for her without her having to ask. Yeah. I mean, I personally... But that entire scene is exactly that. From him getting her jacket right mm-hmm. after the Sujibi scene. And mm-hmm. then he backs her up again by waiting for her. And he closed <sighs> the door after her. Yes! <laughs> he closed the door on... Oh, I honestly don't know why Salma couldn't have just closed the door, but... <laughs> yeah! I'm going to imagine that he knew that, you know, he would close it for her. Or he was the one that, that told her, like, go on, go on, don't worry about the door, I'll close it later. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Man. <sighs> and that, as, uh, that was honestly married couple vibes. Like, the way he, like, got out of the car and closed the door for her. Like, he seemed like such a dad in that moment. The way he was, like, jogging outside <laughs> the room. <laughs> like, dad closing the door after mom. Yeah. <sighs> Man, that is the kind of relationship I aspire to have. Like, yeah. please, God. <laughs> it's not even a relationship yet. Yeah. I know. Then, just everything about it. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a relationship. Like, just something like that. Yeah. Friendship for now, which is so rare to come by, honestly. Exactly. I know, right? Uh, it's beautiful. Makes me cry. Yeah, the, the love they have for each other is so sincere, like, I can never find the right words to describe the love. Me neither. Me neither. Like, it's just, I just feel it. It's just something you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't verbalize. <laughs> yes, it's true, our body and soul. And that's also one of the reasons why I think he's perfect for her. Like, the way he's just there without her having to say anything. Because she's the kind of person yes. who hates saying, she hates saying it. If someone said, if someone asks her, if someone says it to her, if they go like, "Oh, hey, like, do you want me to wait for you?" or "Hey, do you want me to come with you?" she'll be like, "No." Yeah, like the episode six. Exactly. The biopsy. Mm-hmm. He was just there. He was there. And he, yeah, and she still appreciates it. Yeah. So you know it's not that she doesn't need it, it's that she, she just doesn't like asking for it. What she yeah. says doesn't reflect what her heart really wants. Yeah. But knew exactly She's just scared what. to say it. Mm-hmm. If there's one person she can say it to and she knows that. That's the one person yeah. that she doesn't shy away from, ex- not expecting from, but like accepting help from. Yeah, accepting help from, definitely. Uh, my heart is all warm now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm reminded by why I'm so deeply in love with them. Yeah, same. 
Same. Like, I, don't, I don't care about my own love life. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> screw that. Screw that. I, I can be single forever, but not Songhua. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know that's so funny. I find that so hilarious about all of us. I, don't, I think pretty much all of us are, are single and we're like, we're, it's not like we're dying to be in a relationship either, but when it comes to Songwa, Songwa, no. To. Yeah, Songwa, you yeah. need to be. I'm sorry, Songwa, you have no choice. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like we've talked for a long time, but it feels shorter than last time, but I'm pretty sure we've, talked, we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's longer, hour. isn't it? Yeah, I think it is longer. <gasps> Whoa, okay, that is long. An hour? Damn. And last time was like 45. Last time was like 40, yeah, it was 45 minutes. Okay. So I think we all agree that we've pretty much said, at this moment at least, what we could have on both points. So just a quick summary of what we've discussed uh, in this episode. So we first went over why we all think uh, this time Iksong won't be uh, endgame. And this might be because Songwa values their friendship way too much and doesn't want to change their dynamic, uh, which I think is one of our strongest reasons for why Iksung might not be endgame. Very hurtful, very painful reason, but also quite likely, um, or at least not why they won't be endgame or why their endgame might be stalled, at least, is because Songwa is this is probably one of the biggest contentions she has with pursuing a relationship with Igjun is changing the dynamics, um, like just unsettling her life. Uh, at the age of 40 might not be something that she looks forward to. At the same time, uh, a reason why we think they will be endgame, on the contrary, uh, is that it's quite obvious from the way she looks at him, the way she acts around him, that there are feelings there. Feelings that probably stemmed from 20 years ago and haven't quite disappeared. Like Nara so aptly said, they've only, they haven't, they haven't gone, uh, but they've changed in the way uh, that they show up. So we, we're all on the same page regarding that, you know, Songwa definitely has feelings for him, but it's a question of, will she, uh, you know, go for the relationship? Will she take the risk of changing those dynamics that she's so hesitant, uh, that she's so eager to keep the, the same? So our poll and the question that we'd like to pose to the rest of you Iksongers is, uh, and you can vote below uh, the link for this podcast episode, is to choose between A, do you think Songhua will take the leap of faith uh, and take the risk of disrupting the current dynamics and pursue a relationship with Ikjun? Or B, she won't take the risk and she'll choose to keep the way that they've been going so far for the sake of their friendship, despite the fact that she might have feelings for him. So these are the two choices that we are debating between. And we open the poll now to you. The floor is now yours to decide which one is going to happen. Do you guys have anything to add on to that? No, I think you said it all perfectly. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, I think that sums up pretty much what we've been talking for like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really liked I really liked our I really liked our discussion today though because even though we got a little bit carried away, it felt really nice just to talk about why we love Ixong so much. Uh, It just made me feel all warm and tingly inside. So yeah, guys, that was our second episode. We hope you enjoy that as much as you enjoyed the last. I hope you enjoyed this one more. I do think that we've ramped up the pain and the fluff factor this time around. 
I definitely enjoyed myself a lot more and I think I'm going to continue enjoying myself during these episodes. So I do hope that you guys continue um, supporting us, continue tuning in. Um, Once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all your support once again. Well, we'll hopefully see you next week again for our third episode. So please anticipate as usual. And thank you for all your feedbacks as well. And if um, if you happen to think of something new or anything else to add on, feel free to also fill in the Google form under Sam's uh, master list. We are always accepting feedbacks and comments from all of you guys. Thank you again for all the responses. And I look forward for the next spiraling you guys might have on the TL or not. Who knows? Who knows? This episode will bring you more hope than angst. <laughs> I certainly hope so because it leaves me very warm right now. Yeah, yeah, we're all we're all in a nice place right now. I think it's a good thing yeah. that we start off with the bad and we end with the good. <laughs> so, this will be a wrap on our second episode of the Bermuda Triangle podcast. This was Sam. This is Kim. This is Nara. And we were here talking about Ixong, will they, won't they? We'll be back again next week with our third episode. Uh, and we hope you tune into that. <laughs>